The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You'll be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. Ah! I was born in it. Molded by it. I said they, they got to wake up with a piss out. You're talking about Rasool? Hey, what up? Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Packers podcast, go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined once again with Andrew. Andrew? Hello. Ah, hello. And once again, we are recording over Zoom in the Twin Cities. We got... Uh, Pelted with some snow today and felt it was just probably a little bit easier if I didn't drive the 40 minutes or what would probably turn into an hour to drive to your place to record. I mean, entirely across the metro, right? Like I live on the south side. You go back to the north side or essentially. So No, I'm right? east. I mean, you are far west. But yeah. Okay, east, west. Either way, across the metro, just the other directions. You know me. I'm not a directional guy. Never have been. Never claimed to be. Mm-mm, no. Uh, but yes, we are recording because of the snow. What did we get? Like six inches, eight inches today? Six plus for sure. Yeah, I shoveled like three times in the back. So. Yeah, not very cool. Not a very good week. Uh, kind of leads into the game. Packers lost 33-40 to 40 to the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Not very good. Season's pretty much over. I mean, entertaining for how bad the season's gone. I've enjoyed watching football <laughs> most weeks. At least it's interesting and comes close. And we had, you know, some glimpses of Jordan Love, what he could be. But other than that, we did have our uh, our uh, Thanksgiving last week. Andrew, how was your Thanksgiving? We had um, both my fiance's family and my family here. So I... If anyone's listening, because I told everyone about the podcast, of course, oh, God. it was great. It was great. <laughs> and I loved both environments mixing together. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't have changed a thing. Perfect. So, I, I can't um, wait to talk about it have later to leave not it, recording. I have to leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. But I want to go back to something you said just now, um, like it, how it, it's been fun watching and like it was a close game, whatever. I feel like how close all of our games have been this season that we've lost has been very, very uh, symmetrical, but the opposite to the Vikings where they've like been so close and they've somehow pulled out a win in these exact same like nail biter games. 
And it's just a bummer that we haven't been on the reverse side of that coin a few more times mm-hmm. um, or, or that they had as many times as they have, too, because like every other game, they feel like they can lose or uh, probably more than every other game. And and with us, it's it's almost every game we have a shot at winning until 45 seconds and it's over, you know? Right. Yeah. One way or another, there's always a couple plays away in most of these games. And like I've been saying, the the Vikings this year are the... 2019 Green Bay Packers where they're winning games they're not winning them pretty and then they're getting blown out when they're you know facing some actual opponents at times too so not, right not too far off but uh yeah we will get into this week's episode we'll do our normal pick six the six plays that shaped the game sponsored by Lynn Lake Brewing which I looked it up to see because Packers play at noon, Vikings play at noon, so that could be blacked out, but it looks like the Viking game is on CBS and we're on Fox, so oh, cool. we'll have to see. I'm not 100% on that, but if not, we'll probably be at Lynn Lake, but we'll have our pick six for six plays that shape the game. We'll break down the offense and defense. We'll have take news for the week, talking about who else but uh, Joe Barry and some of Matt's comments after the game about him and keeping him around in possible changes or lack thereof on the defensive side of the ball. We'll also have a little along with it. Uh, Devontae Adams, you know, what would this team be with him? How different could the season be? And maybe talk a little bit of what a rebuild really is. After that, we will have is Kyle and idiots and Packers trivia. And we will, of course, preview the uh, Bears game. But first, pick six. All right, pick six for the week, the Lynn Lake six-pack pick six of the week. Once again, if you are in the Twin Cities, head to Lynn Lake Brewing in Uptown Minneapolis, a great brewery. And if you need a place to watch the game on Sundays, I highly recommend going there. Uh, First, pick six play. I mean, this was a pretty freaking crazy game. That first quarter, I think they said, was like the highest uh, scoring first quarter since whenever it was like in NFL history, like one of them, it was pretty crazy, especially when I think the over under was set at like 42, 40 and a half, 40 and a half, 40 and a half. And I was like (laughs) covered in the, in the second minute of the second quarter or something like that. It was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, So getting on with that, the first pick six play, the first third down of the game for the Eagles, a third and 10 Uh, Jalen hurts. Takes the snap, drops back, and what do you know? He decides to run it, something that he does quite a bit, and the defense probably should have been prepared for. Quay was spying but missed the tackle. Jalen scrambles, picks up 24 yards, and, of course, eventually that drive they score, making it 7 nothing or 6 to nothing. I don't remember which one they missed the extra point on. But it, they it converted was like, twice um... on third down in that series using Jalen Hurts' legs. Not very good, and it was just kind of showed you what the rest of the game was going to be. Obviously, historically bad day of defense from the Green Bay Packers. Not only converted twice, but didn't he in those first in that first play or that's sorry that first series? Didn't he have like forty three rushing yards or something stupid out of like the eighty nine yards of total offense they had? He rushed himself for like forty three of them or something. Both of his runs went for like nineteen and twenty four. It was it was just ridiculous 
Yes, and I believe the first quarter ended with him over 100 yards rushing, which might have been an NFL record as well. Just That's insane. Incompetence all around. So yeah, that uh, pretty pretty bad start, but it kind of set the pace for what the game was going to be. Um, and, you know, moving on to the second pick six play after a Rodgers pick and the Eagles scoring after that makes it 13 nothing. And, you know, the Packers did get the ball back and scored. So right now the score is 7-13. to 13. Eagles ball. And this was kind of a big play. The Jalen Hurts failed fourth down sneak. They were on fourth and inches after a pretty solid play from uh, JJ, I believe, to pull them back. But a very weird sneak attempt from the Eagles. Uh, they showed it on the replay to Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, the center tried to snap it back to Hertz and kind of just got it trapped on his thigh. And then him, the running back and Hertz were all kind of scrambling for the ball, trying to move it forward, but couldn't get that yard that they needed and turned the ball over on downs, which eventually led to a Packers touchdown, which made it 14 to 13, but pretty big play. A little surprising to see them go for it that close on their side of the field. I mean, it just shows how little faith or like seriously they took our defense, which we didn't do anything for the most part to prove them otherwise. I mean, obviously a couple stops here and there, great, mm-hmm. but it's like we're playing flag football or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty ridiculous either. Whichever which way you want to look at it, I mean, they several times they went for it on fourth down, and it's like most years, any time the, the opposing team goes for it on fourth down, I'm just assuming that they're going to pick it up. Uh, moving on to the third pick six play third and two for the uh, Packers 45 Um, sorry not the Packers but on the Packers 45 for the Eagles Hertz takes the snap one Preston Smith does not maintain containment on the edge Hertz runs to the outside and very quickly picks up 42 yards getting pushed out at the five yard line a couple plays later Sanders gets in making it 14 to 20 but once again, just the ineptitude of the Packers defense there. I don't know how much of this is coaching, how much of this is bad technique from the players on the field. We obviously, uh, I don't know if you saw this stat, Andrew, but the Packers missed 20 plus tackles on Sunday, which is pretty, pretty bad. I, I just want to ask a question to you here before we move on to the fourth pick six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, at what point in time, if all of your players on in one <laughs> position have bad technique, do you attribute that to coaching? So if if my, I mean, you know, my dad's a, or my dogs, I can't, I can't say, oh, yeah, none of them are potty trained because they're bad dogs. No, that's just me <laughs> fucking being a shitty dog owner, right? So you have to, assess and put responsibility in places if it's more you know if it's not just a one-off situation and i i am a packers apologist i am uh oh it's fine it'll fall into place but when it's enough is enough at some point so i guess that's kind of my question to you uh is is it when you say you know oh bad yeah, technique yeah i got you well if everyone yeah. has bad technique yeah it's a little bit of both i mean it's you know, the edge guys, we kind of struggled with that all year. Rashawn Gary, he's kind of always done that. Obviously, he's out now, but that's been one of his weaknesses is maintaining uh, containment on the edges. But we even saw, it's kind of funny because we saw uh, Justin uh, Hollins come in, who he claimed from the Rams last week, and he came in and was perfect 
playing maybe not perfect, but he played really well on the edge and just held his ground and was able to keep Hurts in the pocket or chase him down a couple times. So I don't know. A lot of it's coaching. I think a lot of it is guys kind of getting sick of the defense and they're trying to make their own plays. You know, Preston Smith on that one, they're trying to get a sack. Doesn't work out. But then the other missed tackles, like in the secondary, it's really just a lack of willingness to make a play on the ball or, you know, get in there and be physical. So it's kind of... You think our guys kind of don't want, uh, not to say Barry, but you think our guys are saying, hey, this defensive scheme isn't working <laughs> across the board. Uh, what? Let's do something else. And coaches yeah. saying no, and they're being like, this is stupid. Yeah, I think they're getting a little sick of things and it's getting to that point of the year where they're kind of making business decisions. And, you know, you watch and like the first the first half, we gave up a lot of big runs, but there was it was, you know, a lot more closer plays. The second half, especially like the fourth quarter, like the last drive that the Eagles had and all we had to do is stop them after the onside kick. You know, there's three plays in a row, you know, they're going to be runs and we still couldn't stop them on those three plays to give us a chance. So not too good. Uh, Moving on to the fourth pick six play. The Rudy Ford forced fumble, uh, Quay Walker return. It was a third and eight with nine minutes left in the first half. Hertz throws out wide to A.J. Brown, who gets it ripped out by Rudy Ford. Quay Walker picks it up and returns it down to the 13-yard line. J.R. Alexander, once again, continuing his weird season. He, <laughs> You just watch him, and he's the most... like. One of the most animated players I can remember watching that has nothing to do with like the actual play going on, like just kind of try to pump him up or show Quay where to go. And then he's the lead blocker and he laid no blocks whatsoever. He was more of a cheerleader than anything else on the play. But obviously that led to the Aaron Jones receiving touchdown in the end zone, which tied the ball game up at 20s. But either way, very fun to have that type of return and that type of play on defense. Andrew, nothing. 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 I mean, I, I don't know. Good I'm play. a you I'm enjoyed a it. Jair Alexander fan fanboy. Obviously, he honked at me, and the pregame yeah, we when we were in, in Tennessee. <laughs> we forgot to talk know. about that last so, week. Yeah, I won't. I won't badmouth the guy. We didn't talk about this last week when we were at the Packer game, the Packer Titans game, where you know walking to Lambeau, tailgating a little bit, and we're looking around. I'm like, oh, it's the players' entrance parking lot, and we're looking, and it was a little dark out, and you could barely see a lot of these people who were driving. And Andrew, of course, being Andrew and a few beers in him, you run, you not run, but you jump in front of like the road there in the parking lot where a car is coming in and you do the yeah. the boop boop, you know, you know like a like you've a seen a semi. toddlers. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You've seen toddlers in there in the back of their mom and dad's <laughs> car and they, they, they pull their hand down like that semi horn you yeah. know, to give a visual to just listeners. And, you know, I'm just doing that to, to three, four players and everyone, you know, no, no one really gives a shit about me because I'm a 32 year old grown adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jair, he, he gets a good old smile and he gets four toots on his on his horn and he's laughing. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to say say anything about the guy um, well, in a negative aspect. Well, it was funny because, yeah, the way you're saying it, that's one thing. I think I think you only tried it once or twice. And after that, it worked. But you did it, and then we, we didn't find out until after looking at him. Like that was Jair Alexander. You had no idea. Uh-huh, who it was. Right, we didn't know it was him. No, no, no. I was doing <laughs> yeah. every you know all the cars I saw coming. Yeah, only like three times probably before. And then I didn't want to like once we got one. I think I was just like, don't want to go yeah. any lower than and this on high we're on. So I said, cool. Then we moved on. Yeah, right. exactly. Yep. Yep. So speaking of moving on, moving on to the next pick six play on the last drive of the first half. 
you know, the offense gets the ball. We're tied up, looking like, okay, we got a chance after the defense makes a stop. Maybe we can get the lead before halftime. Well, Packers get the ball. First, first play, play action, got sacked. Second play, pass to Randall Cobb to make it up. You know, made it a third and five, but on third and five, Aaron Rodgers once again gets sacked. We end up having to punt the ball, and eventually the Eagles do score on that last drive, making it 20 to 27 going into halftime. Not very good, but once again, it's like we were running the ball so well in this game and got away from it. Like it seems to be the theme this year or most years under Matt LaFleur, and it just kicked us in the ass. And after, you know, we get the ball back at halftime, obviously couldn't do too much with it. And to kind of set the pace for what the second half is going to be as well. Yeah, I have, I mean, questions about some specifics on plays, but I think it's best if I, because it'll feed into my whole mindset of mentality here. And I think it's best if I kind of dive into that after we get done with the pick six. All right. Well, the last pick six play pretty much sealed the game here. A fourth and two with 13.30 left in the game. It is 23 to 34. The Eagles once again decide to sneak it. They pick it up, and this eventually leads to a field goal, making it 23 to 37, which essentially ent- uh, ended the game. And this, you know, we saw the Eagles take uh, do the sneak quite a few times, or Jalen Hurts run it quite a bit. This was a fourth and two that they snuck the ball, and the defense still just wasn't ready for it. And it's just one of the more demoralizing ways to watch your team lose and or give up a first down anyways. And, of course, they, they picked it up. So after that, game was pretty much over. But we obviously had a lot of fun things to talk about in the second half in that last quarter, seeing uh, Jordan Love come into the game. But... Uh, I guess we can get right into that. Moving on to the offense. Yes. Uh, Well, let's start things off because obviously there was the game, but then there was a game within the game. So, Andrew, what are your first thoughts on Jordan Love? You finished six for nine, 113 yards, the one touchdown, didn't get sacked, and overall pretty solid. What did you think? I, first and foremost, okay, so there's it's it's a... A couple things here. I am a Rodgers apologist. I have been. I I know you are. We both agree. Rodgers, GOAT. No doubt about it. Now, that being said, I am not disappointed in Love's play. I'm actually pretty stoked by watching him. But we have to <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously keep in mind that they're playing against a, um, you know, a prevent defense the game's in the bag yeah. on the Eagles side. It's not like they're going full, not to say they're not going full strength, but they're just trying to get the clock wearing out a bit here. It, I think if it was a tie game, some of those completions, or maybe he doesn't have as much time um, in the pocket as we saw him have. So I I hate to say that he's an amazing quarterback. I, I, I'm not going to say that, right? But I like the strength of some of his throws. Good. It looks good. Um but also, also, yeah. Now that we've learned the severity, and uh, maybe this is part of what take news comes into. So if it is, mm-hmm. just stop me. Now that we've learned the severity of Rogers's thumb, right? Yep. Why, why haven't we seen him 
sit. It's not because I want love. It's because I want Rogers healthy. Yeah. Why couldn't he sit for four weeks or, or two, three weeks, get this thing healed up. And then maybe we win one or two games that we've lost on this last six. Right. Yep. Without, um, without Rogers playing well. And then he's back in time to run the table and make a playoff run, you know, but now we got Rogers yeah. banged up a bunch of losses. We still don't know what love really looks like on a decision-making year. So there's a lot of like pissed offness because <laughs> I also, another question, and this probably gets in the take news a bit too, but would, would McCarthy or, or Belichick, let's just say two more stern coaches, would they take rain over Rogers and say, look, you're sitting and healing and, and we're going to play love. And as Rogers who's involved in the decision-making, maybe too much. Some people say, I don't know. Um, are, are people, or is he saying, no, I'm starting because he's afraid of exactly what happened, you know, um, with yeah, yeah, I got you. any yeah. other quarterback, you know, so where love's actually good. And, and then yeah, he's going I, off I get in the shadows. Yes. You've been going on for like three minutes. Yes. I know because I'm pissed. Yeah. So it's, it's a tricky situation because I don't, you know, we didn't know it was broken, you know, f- for like a week. Like a week ago, we kind of figured out, hey, it's broken. But at the same time, it's not like we were on top of the world. But he knew. Yeah, he knew. But it's, he didn't play great, but he played fine. It's not like, it's not like he was playing bad enough where you thought he had a broken thumb. Yes, there were some off balls, but. That Cowboys game. No, he, but he wasn't doing Aaron Rodgers magic, and we need Aaron Rodgers magic to win games. So without it, he needs to be healthy to give up. Like, we're, we're not a good team. We have Aaron Rodgers because we paid him so much money. And if he's not healthy enough to give us, you know, number one or number two quarterback overall, because that's what we need from him. You know, top 10 isn't really cutting it with how bad the rest of our team is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. But it's but it's still it's not like Aaron Rodgers is playing terrible. You know who leads the NFC in touchdowns right now? Aaron Rodgers. Well, Rodgers. But he has, you know, who, you, you okay. know, who has the most yards in the NFC right now. I know he's one of the tops. He's one of the top guys in the NFC, too. The thing is, is sure. I, I understand people wanting to see Jordan Love and maybe to get Aaron Rodgers healthy. But. It's a broken bone. We don't know how much that rest would really help. And even if, sure. if if he plays four games, it's you know it's a little Captain Hindsight here. Yes, obviously when we lose to the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, the Bills, and the Lions, yeah, no shit. Why didn't we just sit Aaron Rodgers? But I don't think any of us thought we were going to be on a five-game losing streak there either. So Right. It's tough. Also, I'm going to just clarify and say that obviously a healthy Rodgers over a healthy love all day. I'm not advocating for benching Rodgers for poor performance. It was strictly to say, Rodgers, yes, no, yes, I ma- want you to be healthy. Yes, you, ma- yes you made that very clear. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Good. But yeah, I don't know. Sure, you could... If we could go back in time, maybe, but bottom line is, you know, never good to get injured, especially Scott. It just sucks that it was a Hail Mary, too, that he didn't even get the ball off. But yeah, I don't know. Back to Jordan Love. I thought he looked pretty good. It uh, The best he's looked so far, I, I'm obviously a Rodgers guy. I don't think we should have drafted Jordan Love when we did or really at all. And I don't think he's shown much up to this point. This last preseason, he looked a little bit better, but he did also lead the entire league in picks. So I'm glad we were able to see him in this game. And more than anything, he looked a lot more polished. He looked a lot more confident in all his throws. 
He had those couple uh, incompletions, obviously. But the throw out to Aaron Jones on the sideline there, that little hole shot, that was very impressive. He's, you know, in these preseason games, it's like he always had a bit of a loft on the ball. And on Sunday, he was just drilling it. He was just whipping it. Some of those bad boys were on a rope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one to Aaron Jones that he dropped, it's almost like he threw it too hard. You know, like it was. No, you're not. You're serious. Seriously. Yeah. It it was was, an absolute bolt. But I, it was more good than bad from Jordan Love. Uh, I mean, he did, he had two drives and put up 10 points. That's pretty good. Uh, He picked up that third and five and had that nice little out route, which was cool. And I mean, Kind of like his touchdown to DeGuara last year, that screen. He had the touchdown to Watson, which was mostly Watson, but he still made the throw. A lot of people liked the throw to Cobb in the end zone where Love was kind of scrambling to the right and then threw back field and hit Cobb. Uh, looks like the defender might have been a little bit early. But I that's one of the plays I didn't like. Some people are like, oh, my God, look at this arm strength from him on the run. And I'm like... The number one problem, and we don't know much about Jordan Love, the number one problem we've had with him is his decision-making and throwing interceptions. And in just two series, that ball very well could have been picked off. He's thrown across the field, defenders right there, threw it behind Cobb a little bit too. And I don't like seeing those types of decisions in the red zone. You know, it, Well, in hindsight, we should have got to see his legs on that play, if I'm thinking of the right play, where he was scrambling yes. right. And he could have just fucking ran for the first down or OB and probably picked up enough for the first down to not have to force it into the field goal that we ended up kicking there and then gone gone for the onside. If he picks up, if he picks up the first down and runs out, you know, then we still have four more plays to get a touchdown. Yeah, true. But I mean, either way, we were still down the two scores. We were we needed to get the ball back, and we weren't able to either which way. But yes, would have been nice to see that. But at the same time, I do like when the younger quarterbacks stay in the pocket and throw, because a lot of times the younger guys will panic and run. So I'm fine with it, and I'm looking forward to seeing Jordan Love in the future this year. So we'll see. Um, back to... Do you think yeah. we're going to see him in the future this year? Yeah, so... You know, we're obviously going to... Roger said today on Pat McAfee that he plans on playing. The scans came back, and they were all positive on his ribs. It wasn't an oblique, which NBC was saying it sounds like it was a rib injury, so he might have a broken rib or something. Um, So we'll see. He's going to play Sunday against the Bears. Uh, There's no way he was going to miss that game. After the Bears game is a bye week, and after the game, I thought this was telling, and it was probably the most positive thing to come post-game was when brought up about Rodgers playing in the future. Rodgers said he wants to play as long as they're alive. So once they're mathematically eliminated, Rodgers did make it sound like he would be more up for being benched for Jordan Love and for him to get healthy, probably get ready for next year or whatever this offseason could bring. But either way, I'm glad. it's It doesn't sound like it'll be a big drama-filled, you know, bullshit thing going on with who's going to start. Oh, Rodgers is upset that the Packers want to start Love. Once they're mathematically eliminated, it sounds like it'll be Jordan Love. So I, if it isn't this week, we got the bye week. Maybe we see Love against the Rams. Maybe we see Rodgers. But I would, I'd be willing to bet uh, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions, we have Jordan Love starting those games. Well, let's hope not. Let's hope that we're not mathematically eliminated. Yeah, we still I mean, have we have the three time. we have the three or two percent chance right now. But uh, I know the Vikings well, can clinch like the NFC North this weekend. 
Well, that that three percent chance, if I understand correctly, is because they're thinking we're not gonna win out. If we win four of five, it's a ninety nine percent chance. There's there's no way that's true. Yeah, it it is true. Okay, pause okay. it. We can pause it if you want, but I, I'm like I'm I'm pretty sure. Basically, we can lose against the Dolphins and win the other four. I think that percentage that you're seeing is a percentage of saying the likelihood of us winning. Uh, four out of five games because I, of how bad we are. We are a four and eight team. I don't think if we're eight and nine, we're ninety percent making the playoffs. I think we are. I, I honestly, I, I think. I, okay, okay, you're wrong. There's no way that's correct. Well, if you can find it, show me. But there's no yeah, way yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> move on. Move on. Move on. Please. So back with the offense of this game. Everything that actually statistically, did I am wrong most of the time here. Yes. Yes. Um. But it still was a very optimistic performance, I think, from the offense, at least. It's been such a weird year, but these last couple games, we were looking competent once again. I mean, five minutes into this game, the score was 13 to nothing. And I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to get blown out on national television. But they came right back and took the lead, which was pretty cool. Um, And yeah, even even the first... uh, first possession you know it was run run sack um the Eagles score on the next drive making it 20 to 34 and that's when the game is pretty much over so once again it's just if we could stick to the run it would be nice but that doesn't seem to be going on too much this year moving on I don't know why it seems like too you know what I mean like it just doesn't you're sitting here watching the game and it's like oh well this is working let's let's do it more and then we just don't yeah, like, you know, I kind of said it before, too, like at the that last series at the end of the first half, if we just could have ran, if we could have just ran on that last series, who knows how different the game would have been. But uh, back to Aaron Rodgers, he was 11 for 16, 140 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, was sacked the three times, had a QPR of 38, which is very good, but his pass rating was 95.8, pretty solid. Um, his, fir- his first pick came on third down, got out of a sack and threw a bad ball to Lazard, got tipped up and picked. And I don't know. He had the other pick too to Tyler Davis, who apparently ran the wrong route. Rogers has said that numerous times now that Tyler Davis ran the wrong route. Sounds like he was supposed to run a seam, but Rogers saw he was open and threw it to him anyways, and that got picked off. But other than that, I thought it was a pretty vintage Aaron Rodgers performance. That touchdown to Aaron Jones was pretty sick in the end zone. Um and at second pick too. That was like one of the scariest interceptions I can remember watching on TV where it was like a jump scare where he picked it off and all of a sudden the the camera just like tilted to the left and it was like, holy shit, are we being attacked right now? Like what is going on? So either way, I'm glad we made it through that and didn't die after the interception. Uh, Moving on to the running backs, a rare game where A.J. Dillon actually looked better than Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon finished with eight carries, 64 yards. And a touchdown. He had an eight-yard average per rush. Uh, Aaron Jones, 12 rushes, 43 yards, a 3.6 average. Aaron Jones did, however, have the three receptions, 56 yards, the long of 30. And A.J. Dillon had two or three receptions and 24 yards. Pretty good. But nice to see A.J. Dillon look like a good, solid football player again. Um, ran a couple dudes over. I, I feel like he had more broken tackles in this game than he had in any other game the rest of the season. And again, I mean, I, he looked great. Yeah. And I, I've said this before on previous episodes or previous seasons. I don't know what it is with him, and he's a really big dude. But God, his feet get in the air so much. There was a couple of times like near the sideline where he flips over. And like I think he 
brought himself out of the game after he was a little banged up, but he just gets flipped on his head, and I feel like his legs are going to run into someone, or he's going to get injured that way. But I'm surprised for how big of a dude he is, how often his legs get kicked up in the air. Very, very important. Um, moving on to wide receiver. <sighs> I mean, once again, you got to start with him. Christian Watson, four receptions, 110 yards, one touchdown, obviously the long of 63 yards. He is just so damn good. You almost forget about it, but even when uh, God, I can't remember, I think Rodgers was still in the game, but he had a he had a catch on fourth and five. You know, it just a guy who we questioned his hands early on, and Rodgers has said this a lot too, where he doesn't think there's been a more like important catch than that fifty yard touchdown that Watson had a couple of games ago against the Cowboys, because since then he's turned into a different player, a very confident player. So that fourth down play right. is like holy a turning shit. point in his career. Yeah, sure. yeah, pretty much. Um, it was nice to see him get hit a couple times too. He had a couple of those catches right down the middle, and he got smacked, and he popped right back up. I keep waiting for him to get another concussion, but it did not happen. Um, and either way, they talked about this a lot, but it's hard not to get excited about this offense going forward. Obviously, yes, the season sucks. We're four and eight. We're probably not going to make the playoffs. But, God, we got Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, and Dubs has his own questions. But those two young guys, for I mean, at least the next Watson three years, is, they're going like, to be studs. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you here, but that's yeah, the did. biggest thing to look forward to. I did. The biggest thing that we do take away also is, like, a healthy Aaron Rodgers next year with, you know, a great, decent backup quarterback behind him that, you know, we have confidence in. Mm-hmm. But, like, one last shot with these rookies that are more formed – next year catching the ball could make all the difference that we need you know right and I kind of said that um early on this season too where a, a benefit of drafting those receivers early or at least Christian Watson is trying to get Aaron Rodgers to come back now this is probably me in my own head but man if you're Aaron Rodgers this offseason and I don't think he wants to go out like this it's one of the reasons why I think he'll be back and plus contractually it just makes sense It'd be very hard to retire when you have Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and you still have that potential to see what they are. And especially in the second year, things should be a little bit easier for them. Um, moving on wide out, I don't know. There isn't too much else to talk about. Alan Lazard had two receptions, 24 yards. Randall Cobb, 2-19. and 19. They are kind of filling in the cracks, which is nice. And Sammy Watkins had no targets, no receptions. He's really fallen off the depth chart, which we kind of hinted at last week, too. Um, moving on, tight end, not too much to talk about. Robert Tunyon, three receptions, 20 yards. He had that one bad drop while he was sitting on the bench on the sideline there, and he seemed to be a little embarrassed that he dropped that one. That was about it. And obviously, Tyler Davis, I mean, God, the guy really fell off. I thought last year he played pretty well in this training camp. He had a little bit of buzz early on, which fell off, but now it's just he's kind of in that Sammy Watkins role where every snap that he's on the field, it's like, why don't we have a receiver out here or someone else. It's just kind of a wasted body at this point. Um, moving on to the offensive line. Not a hell of a lot to talk about. Yash, who's been up and down, not that great of a game. He gave up four pressures and had that false start, which uh, forced that field goal instead of going for it on fourth and three when Rodgers was still in the game in the second quarter. So that was kind of a big deal. And it's been talked about a lot, but... That holding call on Elton Jenkins that brought back the Aaron Jones touchdown run, that was just bullshit. He literally was just too good and too strong against his guy where he got a flag for holding. But 
Luckily, at least the Packers did get. I think a even the announcers were saying the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. They were like, "I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it." He just ran right straight through the guy. He, I mean, he was grabbing his shoulders, but it wasn't like a tug or anything. He just, he's just a big boy who ran him over. But uh, either way, we still that was the touchdown to Aaron Jones, the uh, pass that Rodgers threw. So, so we still got the uh, the points, anyways. But. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it for offense. Pretty entertaining game. Again, going into it, I did not think we were going to score 33 points and didn't think we'd be able to keep up with the Eagles' offense. But, shit, no no real complaints except for, God, I wish we could have just ran the ball a couple more times. Uh, but with that, Andrew, you got anything else on offense? No, not on offense. Okay, good. Well, with that, we will have a quick commercial break. All right, and we are back with the defense. What do you know? It's the Green Bay Packers, and it is a team with a very bad defense. This was the most rushing yards the Packers have allowed since 1977 and the eighth most given up in the Super Bowl era. Always good to have these little stats. On top of that, Jalen Hurts is the fourth player in NFL history with 150-plus passing and rushing yards in a single game. Like I said, he's the fourth player to do it. The second player to do it was Colin Kaepernick back in the 2012 playoffs. Uh, This was the most by QB in NFL history at that point. And once again, it's just, I don't know what it is. This this embarrassing. It's embarrassing and way too often. I don't know if this is just what happens when you have like a great quarterback on the team, but it's like the defense just always freaking struggles. And it, it's usually been against the run. We had 2011 where our passing D was terrible. But, God, I had to look it up after. Obviously, like I mentioned there, the 2012 playoffs, Colin Kaepernick ran all over us. But, God, running is just always the problem. And even when Mike Pettin was around a few years ago, 2019, it always seems like we have these historical performances against us. 2019, Raheem Mostert ran for 220 yards, which was the second most yards rushing in a playoff game since Eric Dickerson back in uh, back in 1986. And he was also the first player to rush for at least four touchdowns and 200 yards in a playoff game. So that just lets you know, it's like historically, this team is just always so fucking bad on defense. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say there. I got a few other things here. That first touchdown when the Eagles are on the goal line, or sorry, they're on the Eagles six. We had two defensive linemen in the game. You're pretty much in a goal line situation. We went with two defensive linemen. Pretty fucking stupid. Jalen Hurts had three conversions running the ball in the first quarter. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, and the, as the game went on, it really did seem like the defense was playing with less and less effort, which isn't good. They're kind of packing it in. Mentioned that before. And like I said as well, even when we wanted that little last glimpse of hope with Jordan Love in the game after the onside kick, all we had to do was stop him. All we had to do was stop him from getting a first down when we knew they were running, and we could have got the ball back with 50 seconds, no timeouts. But... Of course, they couldn't do that. So the game pretty much ended after that. And speaking of players giving up on the team, we got to talk about the corners. Here's a fun little stat. I forgot who tweeted this out, but here are in the Packers secondary right now. Here's a QB rating when targeted with minimum 150 snaps. Rudy Ford, 54.9. Pretty good. Jair Alexander, 68.2. Pretty good. Keyshawn Nixon, 99.2. Not very good. Razul Douglas, 104.5. Not good. Darnell Savage, 125.8. Adrian Amos, 130.8. 
really, really bad from the secondary. Again, I mentioned it before, but talking about guys kind of giving up on defense, I'm seeing it more from the secondary, especially in the run game or having to make tackles. Dude's just giving up. (laughs) We've talked about Joe Barry and wanting to have someone else call plays. The easiest answer would be Jerry Gray to step in, who is the defensive backs coach. And I looked this up today because I was kind of curious. You know, there's been some bad communication on the back end of the defense between the safeties and the corners. We see a lot of finger pointing going on. Already said, you know, tough tough to give Jerry Gray a promotion when it's his secondary that's a big reason for the defense not playing that well this year. Well, something else I looked into, last year, Jerry Gray was the defensive backs coach. He coached the safeties and the corners. This year... We promoted him a bit to the passing game coordinator. I think he might have been last year, too, on defense. But we brought in Ryan Downer to be the safeties coach. We didn't have a safeties coach next last year. So now we got two guys who are teaching these guys. And I wonder, I wonder how much of it is the miscommunication between the safeties and the corners. Obviously, Down, Downer isn't coaching the safeties up very well this year when both Savage and Amos took a huge step back. I guess Rudy Ford's looking good, so that's a positive. But, God... I do wonder if there's some form of mutiny going on on the defensive coaching staff where Jerry Gray wants to call plays, isn't, and he's not exactly coaching these guys the right way. Maybe Jerry Gray's bitching during the week about, hey, this is what I'd be calling, this is what I'd be doing, but he's like telling these guys to play off, and they're becoming a lot more passive during the, during the games as well, and we're seeing that on Sunday. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Andrew. I mean, I, you kind of wonder, you know, I, I heard people say the same thing about the offensive line. I mean, I don't believe this, but on that same concept, people were saying, oh, look at how much more time Love had, you know, uh, than Rodgers typically. But it's like, well, that's because they're in a prevent defense dummy. But uh, yeah. it's not unrealistic, I suppose, you know, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist out there. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. Yeah, fair, fair. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be. I wonder, it would be something if Jerry Gray gets fired in season. That would be very telling, and I wonder if that would be, <laughs> we'll see We'll see what happens, because I know uh, Winston Moss, Winston Moss, yeah, the linebacker coach back in 2018, he got fired in season when that season went to shit, so I don't know, maybe we'll have more of the same. But sticking with the defensive backs, Jair, like I talked about, having a really weird year, he's always doing something odd. And he's starting to get a little annoying. The second and 12 catch. So, sorry. they had There was a second and 12 contested catch. Jair was great on it. Broke it up. Fell incomplete. Did a little celebration. Celebrated with Nixon. It's like, okay. Okay. You're celebrating a lot for loot for, you know, the defense getting absolutely hammered in this game. The very next play on third and 12, he gave up the first down. It was that weird play when he was sitting back a little bit and could have made a play on the ball, but didn't. It's just these stupid things where I'm feeling like an old man. I'm like, dude, you can't be doing this shit and calling attention to yourself if you're not going to make the plays that are there. And I said this to you, well, Andrew, because he he let up that long pass against the Titans at the end of the game, didn't play particularly well against the Titans. I think you mushed him. I think you're such a mush yourself and you screw things up like your bets and all that. <laughs> I think you coming in contact with his life and him seeing you uh-huh. and doing the horn honk that that has all that bad juju came right on him. all the bad juju and now it's just downhill from there so we'll, we'll so have to see what, what happens. about what's your thoughts on that play um when they were in the end zone 
and Jair was going for the interception as opposed to what would have been a very clear tackle if he would have just stayed on his man. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what I was talking about just there. Okay. It, it wasn't okay, in the end until it was close. Sure. Yes. It, uh, sure. I don't know if he misjudged it or what was going on. Maybe he didn't want to go into contact, but a very weird play. Maybe he didn't think the guy was going to get there or he thought it was going to get tipped up, but either way, a weird play from uh, J.R. Alexander. Moving if on. You are yeah. like oh, yeah. Tiger Woods or 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 Air, you know, fucking Aaron Rodgers, or, you know, Alex Rodriguez. You can be a cocky fucking clown anytime you want to because you are the best of the best. But when you're completing positively, you know, every third or every other play, and then doing just as bad as any other scrub on the next one, it's embarrassing and just fucking weird well, that you're out there celebrating like that. It, it's stupid. Yeah. It is stupid. It, it's dumb, but I would say this, you know, you're bringing up A-Rod and shit. I mean, they, those guys have gone through slumps too. It's strange. No, well, they have. That's what I'm saying, but they're still the greatest of all time in their relative, you know, profession. So, Well, J- I, Jair is still the highest paid corner in the league, so that kind of defeats your okay. argument there. So, I mean, but is he as consistently good i guess not I don't know. this year but i'm saying like a rod okay. like guys go through slumps i don't know it sure it still bring oh, a lot right. of attention right. to. it's weird too because uh he had the one thing where he got hurt and or got hurt quote and it seems like it was just cramps and they were trying to slow down the eagles offense the eagles fans booed him while he was leaving the field uh jair gave them the double birds and flipped off the fans apparently there's a video on twitter i know going around of it too and it's weird. It got me thinking, you know, there's been a lot of talk with Rogers and LaFleur and who runs the team. When you look at contracts, it is goofy at times to think of the dynamic that's going on in football in general, but even this team where Jair comes off the field, Matt goes up to him and you can see him talk to him and Jair kind of shakes his head and like throws his hand out there or whatever. I'm like, fuck. And I look it up because I, you know, thinking about it. So Jair makes $20 million a year on average now with this new contract. Do you know what the highest paid head coach in the league gets per year, Andrew? I'm going to guess like eight mil. Uh, Bill Belichick gets $14 million per year. Matt LaFleur, he, fucking... he just got a new contract before this. He was making five mil. We don't know what he's making now, but he's making, you know, con- at the most, like $10 million, we could say at least, maybe. And that's half of what Jair at Alexander most. makes. So it's very strange to an odd dynamic when the one guy's the coach, but at the same time, the franchise is a little bit more invested in a couple of these players than they are the coaches. So I don't well, that's know. Why, that's why, that's a big thing I want to get into. I've never been more excited for special teams. It's probably my least segment favorite segment on this cast but i cannot <laughs> wait because it is going to bring up additional questions about uh, lafleur specifically but like who runs this fucking team <sighs> yeah we'll get into that um moving on to safety briefly rudy ford he seemed to be one of the only guys that really cared on defense um he great he was the highest graded player on defense for the packers too kind of funny stat too i think Zach Cruz or jake morley put this out there but against the cowboys rudy ford was the highest rated player on defense against the Titans, he was the lowest rated player on defense. And then against the Eagles, he was the highest rated player on defense. So he kind of, he's kind of going up and all over the place, but overall he's playing pretty well at safety too. He's uh, like we said, it when targeted, he, his pass rating is only 54.9, which is seventh best for safeties in the league. So that's pretty good. 
The only other thing to talk about with safeties is Adrian Amos. Man, I've been saying it all year. I said it last year, too, how we should probably lock him up long term. How it was a mistake this offseason to give Darnell Savage that uh, option for the fifth-year option next year instead of giving something to Adrian Amos. But, man, Adrian Amos is far and away having his worst year as a Packer. He had so many missed tackles on Sunday. He's older. And it's a little sad, but unfortunately, it's going to be the right move to move on from him. I don't know if keeping Savage around is the right move, but a little, little sad to see that. Um, inside linebacker, Quay didn't have a good night, missed four tackles. He had the nice return on the fumble that Rudy Ford forced, but God, he's got to do a little bit better in the run game, especially when you have a historically bad night. Outside linebacker, pretty promising game. If you had told me going into this game that the edge rushers would be a bright spot. I wouldn't have believed you. J.J. Anagbari, I've been talking about him all year, even going into the season. The fifth-round pick, who's obviously had to play more with Rashawn Gary being out, had a great game. First play of the game, batted a ball, had a tackle for loss that forced the fourth in inches. And I don't know, even, even on the... There was a couple plays where, yeah, we might not have set the edge, but God, J.J. was pretty good at containing hurts. There was two plays in a row where he uh, was able to run Hurts down behind the line of scrimmage, which you usually don't see from Packers defenders keeping a guy in the pocket. So as as much as Hurts killed us on Sunday, there was a couple plays where it's like, oh shit, JJ at least knows what he do what knows what he's doing. And Justin Hollins, the guy we picked up from the Rams, again, I mean, showed up after getting claimed, had a tackle for loss in the first drive, sacked Hurts behind the line of scrimmage. It was just very crazy to see a guy step in and play that well, where I don't feel great about the edge rushers, you know, especially with Rashawn Gary going down. We don't have a lot of depth, but at least with Preston and Igbari and Hollins here, that's you could do a lot worse than that. And maybe we'll see Jonathan Garvin, his snaps plummet, I'm hoping for. So, yeah, um, defensive line, Kenny's playing the worst stretch of his career right now, Kenny Clark. Really don't see him making many plays. Obviously, it's a little tougher to judge the defensive line, but God, it's it's a rough stretch. And I don't think he's injured. Back in 2019 or 2020, when he had a bit of a subpar year, he at least was on the injury report. We're not seeing that with Kenny this year. So we'll have to see what happens. He's going to need some help. Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry haven't been that great. Reed's made a couple of splash plays here of late, but God, these guys just aren't it. And again, I talked about how bad this team has been against the rush for decades now, or at least the last decade. You look, and Dean Lowry's been on this team for the last seven years. He's the constant denominator. He's not helping the run the run defense. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to moving on from him. Moving on. Do you have anything on the defense there, Andrew? No, I'm I'm honestly just nowhere near as knowledgeable about you these as these guys. Yeah, no, you're right. So special teams, Andrew, you wanted to talk about this. Uh, Crosby obviously had the missed extra point. We also had Keyshawn Nixon once again. Uh, so it's, I think we do get our brains a little jumbled here because we're like, why hasn't this guy been doing this longer? Well, he's still been the kick returner since the Giants game. You know, Amari lost those reps then. So he just kind of added the punt return duties the last couple of weeks after Amari got cut. But this game from him, I mean, the first one was terrible. He only made it to like the 10-yard line after fumbling it. But he did have five returns for an average of 34.4, which is unreal. He had more 
kick return yards in this game than Amari Rodgers did all season on his few returns. So that tells you something there too. But God, just it's like he doesn't give up. It he gets every last yard out of each and every return, and it's weird how he he seems to have eyeballs on the sides of his head where he always knows which way to run. It was insane, and it's I, I ate my own shoe because Ooh. I was looking over. I looked over at Alexis, and I said, "What are this fucking idiot doing?" I didn't know, you know, know, know he was gonna have like fucking breakout game. Mm-hmm. But uh, after he first takes that one out of the end zone, I'm like, "What an idiot!" Like eighty percent of the time, yeah, it makes so much more sense just to just to take a knee, get it to the twenty five. What are you doing? Don't yeah. be a hero, you know. I said, "Amari 2.0. and then next run, like literally like two minutes later, Alexis looks over. She's like, "Oh." Yeah, just just take a knee, huh? As he got to like, <laughs> you know, their their forty yard line or something. I was like, oh shit, okay, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, he, let's see it. You know, he's a difference maker. It's weird because I I'm in that same boat. I remember I think the 2016 season, the first half of the year, the Packers were like top three or top five in return yards because all they did was kneel it on every single kickoff. They didn't have any returns. And unless you have either like uh you see something on that specific return that's coming, I, I mean it does mathematically. You know everyone everyone mm-hmm. in the booth talks about oh the math it makes sense to go for two or all oh, the math kick a field goal here. It why doesn't anyone say ninety five percent of the time take a knee and go at the twenty five yard line because yeah. y- you know it, it's literally like there's there's stats on it. It just doesn't make any sense ever unless you got a guy right. that can do it consistently. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, because a lot of special teams units play into that as well. A lot of times kickers will try to put a little bit more air under it so that they the returner has to field it at the five or two or something. But the sure. you know the defense is already down there to tackle them. So it's there's a couple ways to look at it. But yes, either way, Keyshawn Nixon, especially in a season like this, I'm not going to be upset watching him return yards, even if he's a couple yards in the end zone. As long as he doesn't fumble, it works for me. Um, yep. I'm, I'm, yeah. So, sorry. Do you want to go on to yeah, some more? I'd like to go or, on. Or, okay. Then we can continue. Okay. Thank you for, for allowing me to do this. Uh, moving on. Odds and ends. Just wanted to add this here. Packers cut Jonathan Abram today, the safety who we claimed from the Raiders a couple weeks ago. Andrew, you'll remember uh, for the Cowboys game, I brought up how he was getting everyone pumped on the sidelines. Well, they cut him today. He was a former first-round pick safety, but they did move up Enos Gaines. Enos Gaines, Andrew, you don't know who he is, but pretty cool to see him make the 53-man roster. Back in 2020, he went undrafted, and that offseason during that spring, he worked as a DoorDash delivery guy. Eventually, in 2021, he was signed to the Packers offseason roster. He had a decent training camp, but didn't make the 53, was put on the practice squad for the full year got called up once played in one game came back with the team this year this training camp again you know fucking battling whatever training camp end of training camp gets hurt gets cut out of the league well back in october we signed him to the practice squad late october and now after cutting abram we have signed edis against the 53-man roster Long journey for him, a couple of years here, and now he's actually on a 53-man roster in the NFL. So I thought that was pretty cool, pretty well, easy guy to root for. So maybe we'll see some Hopefully he makes something of it. Yeah, probably not, but either way, nice to give someone like that a chance. I mean, I guess we've seen it this year with fucking Keyshawn Nixon and Rudy Ford and all those guys showing up when we didn't expect them to, so maybe we'll see something on out of Enos Gaines. But, uh, Do you think Nixon is as nice of a guy as uh, Mari Rogers? I would guess no. It seems like he's kind of a 
not a weirdo, but uh, I would say he's probably a bit of a knucklehead just knowing Jonathan Abram and those guys and just the way he plays. He's just so <laughs> risky and he takes all these chances where I, I don't know. I Either way, there's no way he's a better dude than Amari Rodgers because we all know Amari well, Rodgers no, is I, the best I, teammate ever. That's what I was kind of just saying because like we couldn't cut Amari for, you know, seven weeks yes. because he's so kind so kind so nice <laughs> yeah. so so such a beautiful spirit yeah and and nixon has an attitude but might be three times better but no no we don't want to we don't want to play him no. you know because he's not as nice and kind yes and we'll probably get into that later with take news oh, okay good perfect so we will now have take news for the week football time <laughs> Take news. All right, take news for the week. Uh, Andrew, we talked about this a little earlier. I mean, you talk about it just about every week. But Joe Barry, what do we do with Joe Barry? You know, it was just week 12. We got five games left along with a bye week. Should we keep him? Should we move on? We talked about it a little bit last week. But after another historically awful performance from the Green Bay Packers defense, we'll play a clip here. Obviously, Matt LaFleur was asked about the defense and if there will be any moves on the coaching staff going forward. In two, so the last two weeks, two what you would call must wins, you know, your defense kind of failed against the pass against Tennessee and then failed in all aspects in this last game. Offensively, you at least bounced back this week. If you fail continually and defensively, don't you have to make some kind of change? Coaches, head coaches often... Offensive head coaches who are calling plays will sometimes give play calling duties to someone else. Have you thought about doing something like that, like Jerry Goff, great call the plays? Or- no, 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 we're not, we're not going to go down that road. So, um, again, you know, if I thought there was an issue there, then I then I would certainly we'd make the change. But we work as a staff and collectively, we're we're all in this sucker together, and um, you know. It, it it's never just one person. It's never one person. It starts with myself, and then it goes to our assistant coaches and then our players, and we're all in this together. And it wasn't just – it's not just one person. If I felt confident it was one person, then I would pinpoint it and let you guys know that. But it's it's collectively. It starts with myself. I've got to be better for everybody here. All right, so obviously – a very Matt LaFleur type answer there. The thing that stuck out to me, which was kind of funny, is if it were one person, I'd let you guys know. It's like, dude, you, you can't be saying that when you had Amari Rogers as your punt returner the first half of the season when that was literally one person making the mistake. But it's, I don't, I'm, and I said it last week, I understand sticking with Joe Barry for the rest of the year now. This year is sunk. If you're not going to have that big of a benefit by bringing in a new defensive coordinator, having someone else call plays who's part of the staff right now for the rest of the season. This season is lost. However, the way he goes about it and he's like putting a kibosh on it, I mean, Matt. Well, he says we're not even going to go down that road. Right. And he just like. It's like you asking your fucking dad if you could go to the store. Don't even talk about it tonight. It's like, what? Like, 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 it's a hard, the hardest of hard no's. And it, it almost seems like 
dude, you're you're making yourself part of the problem. If yes. you are going to agree with how this is being ran and you are going to say that he's not a problem or that it's being the calls are OK. And when when you're missing 20 tackles and all of your guys are making the same mistake across the board, you can't find one common denominator between them. It right. is frustrating as a fan to continue to see the same thing happen over and over again and have the person who's supposed to direct accountability just pretend it doesn't exist. Yes, very good. That's very well said. But with that, I will play one more quick clip here. And this is, you know, the, the only real devil's advocate argument you can make is this, when they brought up the, another part of the defense's performance on Sunday. Hey, man, after the game, I think you said your, your guys charted 15 missed tackles to the tape show. That more or less. I actually had more than that. So um, I don't. They're total, they were totaling them up. Uh, spent a long time watching the tape, uh, but yeah, it was over twenty. Is that, what, is that the highest? Just, sorry, was that the highest that you've had since you've been here? Oh yeah. So after watching that, Andrew, or listening to that, whichever which way you did it, um, I do think, and this is back to like the Mike Petton excuse deal that we had a lot with him there. There was a lot of bad things going on, but at the same time. These guys have got to make tackles. And a lot of these guys were in the right spot. We talked about Preston Smith. All he had to do was contain Jalen. Maybe that big 42-yard run wouldn't have happened. Quay Walker had four missed tackles by himself. Adrian Amos just took himself out of a few plays. Now, I kind of go back and forth on it. and Maybe I'm at, at, you know being part of my own argument here. But I think part of the missed tackles is that these guys just don't believe in Joe Barry and they don't believe in the defense with how it's being run or how it's being called. And they're kind of giving up because they just don't think that they have that great of a chance with this guy back there. And it's weird, too, because last year, and I don't know how in the hell it happened, but the Packers were one of the best tackling teams in the NFL. The first half of the year, I believe we were the number one team, and I know we finished in the top five. And since then, it's just fallen off a damn cliff. We talked about it early on the first couple of weeks where Devondre Campbell literally had more missed tackles on the first three games this year than the than he did all of last season. So part of it, I think, is Joe Barry. The biggest issue is Joe Barry. But at the same time, uh, performance like we saw on Sunday isn't just his fault. So Joe Barry's not out there actually missing tackles. Correct. Of course. Yes. But it is his job as the main guy, uh, you know, second to the floor, as far mm -hmm. as those defense is concerned, to be making sure that these players know what to do and how to do it. And, and if there's a, a common denominator, maybe they're not spending enough time, I don't know, practicing tackles. I don't know how a practice looks for an NFL player. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying there's got to be something. And yeah, like I totally agree with what you're saying. If they don't believe in the defense, they don't believe in, in the, in, in Barry, then why would they put it all out there? You know, that they're, they're showing that they don't want this guy for the long term running the schemes. And yeah. I, you don't want to, you don't practice your whole life and, 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 you know, get up to this level just to be a second, you know, uh, the worst team and their worst defense in the league. Like they want a leader, I'm assuming. Right. So they want someone or something to step up and, 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 you know, earn their respect and, and get good plays and systems out there. Yeah. I assume. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think Quay Walker grew up 
playing football and anticipating him going into a game and missing four tackles. But you're no, right. No, e- of course. Either way, leadership is the issue. Well, it, it'll be interesting so to hear. Let's talk about LaFleur quick. Uh-huh. I, listen, is he's... He's the funnest guy to root for when they're winning the f- or coming back the from funnest behind guy. The- <laughs> to root for. He's so energetic. He's 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 like a little kid, a little kid who just got an ice cream cone and you're pumped up for him. He looks like know? a kid. He is young. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's 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 I like the guy, right? Personality wise. But every week it feels like after a loss, you could copy and paste his his answers. Oh, the buck stops with me. Oh, I take the most credit. Oh, I'm yeah. the biggest blame. We're all in this sucker Dude. together. Yeah, it's like you're not a politician. You're a coach. And, yeah. And it's... you can say, hey, look, Amari's the nicest guy in the world, but he's not making the 53 man because he doesn't have any hands. Right. I don't care how many times he says thank you. It, he's out. Okay. Make some tough choices. Has he ever like stood up and said, no, here's the problem? Has LaFleur, a- again, going back to when LaFleur talked, um, to cornerback, fuck Jair. Yeah, you same that 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 body language that you're talking. It's like okay, so if Aaron wants to play, Aaron's telling Lafleur that he's gonna play through a broken rib and thumb, or is Lafleur? Yeah, but saying, that that's a whole different hey, thing. You don't play. you don't know what's going on with the with the no, thumb I thing, don't. But, but either I'm, I'm, no, yes. I don't. I don't. Okay. I'm just asking. Is Lafleur again? Is it Lafleur's offense? And I I've always been. A team like oh Rogers should be the one in charge more okay. so because he knows what he's doing. Okay, but now I'm just like I'm wondering okay. does Lafleur have enough backbone to even fire lower guys like like okay. you know Barry? Yes, yeah, no, you're you kind of went all over the place on that one and hopping back onto the offense thing too. No, I and I've I said this early on too. I said this for the first couple of seasons. I like Matt Lafleur as a coach, but I think when it goes bad, it's going to go bad quick, and he's not going to be able to hold on to the locker room. I still, he's not, I think he's a better coordinator than I think he is a head coach. I I don't think he's a leader of men, and this is stupid, like, dumb shit fan talk, but I really just don't think he's a great leader for a football team. And you look at it, the last few years, too, even when we were 13-3 and three, or, you know, we had our 13-win seasons, there were several games where we would just get blown out, and we don't really come from behind. I don't know how many of these guys get motivated by Matt LaFleur. It's dumb too. You see like pictures during practice or after practice when they're all huddling together or even in the locker room. And these guys, the guys in the locker room just don't look very excited or about it. And you see other guys, obviously after wins and shit, but you see like McDaniels for the Dolphins and all these other younger coaches in the locker room and everyone's jumping around and they're all excited. Matt LaFleur is not a rah-rah speech guy. And even... I've mentioned it before in the past, like David Bakhtiari has gone on record on a podcast too, saying that like the first time he addressed the team, he was embarrassed for Matt LaFleur because he was just so nervous and all these other things. And we're seeing it now with like fucking Amari Rogers and what you're doing with Joe Barry and who's starting here. He doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Right. And it's a little tough. Hope, you know, he's still a young guy. This is still his fourth year coaching the team. We'll see it not an easy situation when you've got such a shitty defense. They, the franchise pretty much told you that you had to keep Mike Pettin on as your defensive coordinator. You have Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but also he's obviously very opinionated. I don't know. It's It'll be an interesting offseason. The biggest thing is to see what type of moves happen with the coaching staff, not just defensive I don't coordinator. Think... I assume the defensive coordinator is going to be 
obviously relieved of his duties. But the, the, the jumbling around of the other coaches, which happens every offseason, Adam Stenovich being the OC now, Jason Vrabel being the passing game coordinator and the wide receiver coach, I wonder how many guys on the offensive and defensive coaching staff also lose their jobs because something has to happen. Well, I, I, just to add on to what you're saying, I think the best way to say it is even if they they like him, I don't know if he has the respect of the players. You know what I mean? Even if they like him or dislike him, it's not like they think, oh, Matt LaFleur, football genius, huge respect for that guy. He knows how to run and, and you know, make a team win. Yeah, but that's y- just not true. He might be a really analytical football minded guy and have the schemes all figured out. So like you said, maybe a great OC. Yeah, I well, I I know what you're saying. I don't think respect is the right word because if you're saying uh, that they don't respect him, you're saying that they disrespect him. I don't think that's it. I just think he's, like you said, if if he's okay, not willing right. to point the finger at Joe Barry, you can't really blame Joe Barry. But at some point, especially with Mike Pettin back in the day too, it's like you have to, you can't be okay with how things are being run right now. And you're kind of you know, losing control of the locker room and the coaching staff. I don't know. We'll see what happens this offseason. But well, if your statement is true that the defense is not stoked with Barry and there's some coop against him, mm-hmm. then Matt's statements are going to bring him down with the ship uh, and have the players against him in of a sense by standing with Barry entirely. I guess, but I but it's still you know, the other thing he said is it's never one guy. And he's right. And that's what I think and that's what I'm talking about with this offseason. Barry's gonna get let go. I bet some uh Montgomery, the defensive line coach, he might get let go. Maybe uh the se- Jerry Gray, we'll see what happens with him too. So I don't know. We'll see. Either way, it's gonna drop. Has there down. ever been a time in which someone has been fired or like, but not fired, repositioned. So like, hey, LaFleur, sorry, no head coach anymore, but you're the OC. Um, I'm trying to think. Not not so much on the... <laughs> the, the. I just don't know if there's a way to keep him around as a really yeah. positive football mind, but no. not the guy to lead us. Yeah, no, you can't really do that. That might have happened sometimes. I mean, there's been instances where players get moved to like on the coaching staff. They're, I know back in the day, uh, Rizzi. Darren Rizzi, not Darren Rizzi. Fuck, Chris, Chris Gizzy or Rizzi, who's the uh, athletic director for the Packers or the uh, you know the workout guy. He used to be the secondary guy, and he got he got. Uh, it used to be Lavat who was the lead athletic trainer. That's what it was, and they swapped roles, and Lavat stayed on, but stayed in this as the secondary dude. You know, not the lead guy. So it does happen within football organizations, but not so much offensive coordinator defensive coordinator and head coach but i don't know we'll see either way some heads have got a fucking roll this offseason for you know as an owner you know that has to happen or i will let them know how upset i am but with that andrew we have to have it every week is kyle an idiot yes i'm not an idiot okay you sure yes All right, Andrew, Uh, like I say every week, you're an idiot. We can just get on with it here. Is Kyle Uh an idiot for the week? Some Packers trivia. Your first question. Andrew, which of these former Packer running backs, which, sorry, which one of these is the name of a former Packer running back? Jarius Wynn, Deshaun Wynn, Edwin. I like Edwin. (laughs) 
Okay. Is that your answer? Edwin. That's my answer. Not I don't like like it as a name, but I yeah. like it as an answer. No, Andrew, you were wrong. Edwin. I'm was not, it Jarius? I'm not even sure if Edwin is a real person, but I thought it was funny because it, it is Ed and Win, but it sounds like Edwin, like the full name. It's not Edwin. It is not Jarius Win. Jarius Win was a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers when we won the Super Bowl. The correct answer is Deshaun Wynn, who was running back for a few years for the Packers. Actually had a 73-yard run, touchdown run, I believe, against the Giants, which I still remember in the 2006, 2007 Wait, so we don't get season. to learn anything about Ed Wynn? No, I guess you could Google him later. I He is someone, CFC but I don't know he what exists. he is. I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there is an Ed Wynn, <laughs> an Ed Wynn. you know, yeah. somewhere good, out there. Good ring to it. Uh, moving on, the second question, Andrew. When we were at the Titans game, Leroy Butler got inducted into the Packers Ring of Honor. Who did the Packers play when Brett Favre was inducted into the Packers Ring of Honor? Oh, shit. Um, probably not the Vikings or the Jets. So <laughs> Fair. let's say the Packers played the Saints. No, ooh, should have played the numbers game because it was against the Chicago Bears. Yes, we played the Bears okay. twice a year. Um, obviously, only once at home, so I guess that's well, fair point as well. But that was against the Bears. That was back in 2012, 20, no, 2016, 2014. I forgot what year it was, but we ended up losing that game to the Bears too, and that was the last time Bart Starr was at Lambeau Field as well. Mm. And, uh, and now we know Brett Favre's not a very good guy. But moving on. Speaking of quarterbacks, Andrew, who was the quarterback the last time the Bears beat the Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field? I would go back here to um Brett Hundley. Who was the quarterback for the Bears? Oh, sorry. I was thinking the Bears yes. might have beat like, you know, and I was nope, like, oh, well, that, it can't be Rodgers or Favre. You wouldn't I give believe, me that too big of an easy answer. I believe they did too, yeah. Right. So, um... Okay. Cutler? Nope. It was Mitch Trubisky. It was Mitch Trubisky in 2018. That was one of the last losses, or I guess second to last, but it was after Mike McCarthy had been fired, I believe, and did not win that game. Not a very good game. Andrew, you weren't very good at that. You were 0 for 3. That was 0 and 3. Yeah, pretty pretty bad. Pretty pretty on par for the season. Let's see if I can stump you here, Spenny. Okay, deal. Okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, obviously, long time, long time Packer quarterback. Mm-hmm. In games in which, in, or sorry, in events in which he starts and finishes, meaning he doesn't, you know, come in halfway through yep. or leave with an injury. How many times has he been shut out? Packers have zero points. Where he finished the game. Yes, where he starts and finishes the game. So how many times has Aaron Rodgers been shut out? Yes. Um, God, I think it's zero. It is zero. Yeah. It is zero. When Aaron Rodgers has played in a game, do you know how many uh, times they've been shut out when he's, you know, at least played quarterback? God, I don't. Oh, I'm going to go with, fuck. I'm going to go with two. God, you're so fucking good, man. Thank you. Two. The the first one was when he played. Uh, he came in for Favre, you know. Okay. And then, uh, so that was like what two thousand six or some shit. Uh-huh. And then the other one was uh, when he got hurt in Detroit. 
Okay, yeah, that one fucking sucked too because he he did not look good. I still remember that because he got his concussion and he popped up and went back to the huddle. And I think he actually yeah. played a couple plays and then they pulled him. I, after I think that. it was halftime. That halftime, I think they he didn't come back on the field. Yeah, it was weird. That was a different NFL. That was before the whole concussion crackdown. That was uh, that same season well, when he came like back. They gave people. him. Uh, yeah, they have the third party guy who's supposed to pull yeah. him out, but then. <laughs> that's still bullshit too because we saw what happened with Tua this year early on but that season two with Rodgers with the concussions I remember if you look back he they gave him a special helmet where you could see a little blue liner on the inside there was like extra padding so that it was less likely he would get a concussion at least that year but it was a little bit larger too I wonder <laughs> I wonder how easy it would be to find that old picture but uh that's funny. Yeah, those games sucked. I know Matt Flynn was terrible when he came in on that one, too. But uh, all right. With that, Andrew, moving on to better and brighter things, the Bears preview. We play the Chicago Bears at noon on Fox. Uh, the announcers are Adam Ammon. Amen. Ammon. I always forget how to say his name. And Mark Schlereth. Once again, I say this. I've said this the last couple of times, but... If you don't want to listen to those guys, which I don't, I'm going to turn on the Packers radio, which you can now do using a desktop computer. Go to Packers.com. You can then stream it live and sync it up with YouTube or the TV if you can pause it and stuff. And I've loved doing that in the past. I did that for the Cowboys game. That worked out pretty well. Uh, Vegas, Packers are favored by four points. The over-under is set at 43.5. Overall, the Bears are bad, even worse than the Packers. They are 3-9, and nine, last in the North, and on a five-game losing streak. They just lost to the Jets last week, 10-31, with Trevor Simeon starting. The Bears' offense is not very good. They are 19th in points per game. Rushing, however, they are first in rush yards per game and uh, yards per rush. However, of course, like anything, when you have that type of stat, they are 32nd in pass yards per game. Also, no team gets sacked more or throws more picks than the Bears uh, on defense. The defense is 27th in points per game and give up the most points per play. They're 24th in yards per rush, 4.7 yards per carry, and 31st in yards per pass. So they are a very bad defense. Looking at the players on offense, Justin Fields might start, might not. uh, But either way, he's not a great QB, but he's a pretty electric runner. He has 1,642 yards throwing on the season and 834 yards rushing. So pretty crazy stat. Usually these numbers are much further apart when you look at yards per attempt and yards per rush. Justin Fields, just himself, 7.2 yards per pass and 6.8 yards per rush, which is fucking crazy. Uh, David Montgomery is getting four point yards a carry, who is the lesser of the two backs this season, but he'll be leading the way with Herbert being out. Darnell Mooney, their leading receiver, went on IR today or yesterday. So EQ looks to be their leading receiver. I believe he is healthy. And Cole Komet, their tight end, has had a decent season. A couple hundred uh, receiving yards, but he's come on. He's come as of late on as well. That's that's a good enough of a sentence. People know what I'm saying. Defense, yeah, yeah. defense uh, isn't very good. Like the stats told you there. This is how bad they are. <laughs> Found this just going through their stats. So their leader for sacks is uh, Jaquin Brisker, who is their safety, which isn't good. He has <laughs> he has two and a half sacks, or sorry, he has three sacks. Their number two sacker on the season is Raquan Smith, 
Raquan Smith was traded over a month ago, and he plays for the Ravens. So the dude oh, with the gosh. second most sacks for the Bears doesn't even play with them. Moving on to safety or picks. Eddie, Eddie Jackson leads their defense in picks. He's on the IR. Uh, do you know who's number two in picks for the Bears? <laughs> Roquan, no idea. Roquan Smith, who plays for the Ravens. He had two in his few <laughs> games with the Bears. So the, the guy who's second in sacks and picks for this defense doesn't even play for the team. That's how bad they Is are. Is Justin Fields hurt, or why wouldn't he play? Well, he didn't play last week. Uh, Trevor Simeon Is he played. hurt, though? Or? Yeah, he separated his shoulder that uh, okay. that previous game. God, I forgot who they played. Maybe the Falcons? Um, well, I hope Trubisky starts because, Trubisky, honestly... Trubisky plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry, who is there going to be their backup then? Trevor Simeon, who I also just mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope Simeon starts then because, I mean, I don't. I know they're not going to get anything in the air. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But either way, I mean, if they can just QB run and then, you know, running back rush all over us, it's it's going to it's gonna suck. That's the thing. Even if he's still banged up and he can't throw well, it's like, who, yeah. who cares? He's... Because they're not, they don't have anyone to throw to anyway. Right. They got if they just put three options where you can pass a, a ten yard pass to a tight end, or take a sneak, or lob mm-hmm. it over to a running back. You know, run. They they could march down that field uh, against our broken defense yes. with just solid rushing slant plays. Yes. I think without an issue. If there's and if there was ever a time to try their wildcat offense again, just run it with Justin Fields and they'd have a decent chance, but this would be yeah, this, this would be, be the, the time. time. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it earlier, but I've got to bring it up again. This is obviously a horseshit game. People are wondering why, you know, Rodgers is starting, why are we even doing it? The season's lost, all this blah blah blah. I'm not sure if Fields is going to play or Simeon, but Right now, <laughs> the Bears and the Packers have 786 wins as a franchise. That is the leader. That's the lead in the NFL. So they're both tied at first. The winner of this game is going to be the all-time winningest team in NFL history. Rodgers, before the season and early on, has said how big, it, how much it means to him and Favre that when they both took over, they were so far down the wins list. But since, you know, these two quarterbacks over the last 25 years or whatever, they've obviously bridged that gap. So Aaron Rodgers, if not this week, I think the perfect, not perfect, but the cherry on his season, which has been pretty shitty, is by overtaking the Bears in wins. Going to the bye week, maybe he's done after that. Maybe he wants to play one more game against the Rams at Lambeau. But it's historically a pretty big game. But with that, Andrew, what are you thinking on this game? Yeah, I mean, I think hopefully, like I said, Justin Fields doesn't start. If he doesn't, I don't think Chicago puts up more than 11 points. Mm. Um, if he does, they could probably get 17, honestly. Um, I think we're going to put up 23, though. So so what is your I think we're going what, to win prediction? either Just way. Tell me. Yeah, okay, 23 to 17. Okay, all right, well... We kind of have a similar score, Andrew. I have a score of 31-17, to the Green Bay Packers beating the Chicago Bears. Their defense isn't good. I think Rodgers wants to go out on top. His thumb seemed to be a little bit better last week. We'll see how he plays with the ribs. But either way, I think the offense has kind of got it figured out. If nothing else, they have Christian Watson figured out that if you literally just throw him the ball, eventually he will score a touchdown for you. So... We'll see. On top of that, the Bears don't have a very good defense overall, uh, especially pass or run defense. So give Aaron Jones the ball. Give A.G. Dillon the ball. See what happens. Andrew, what is your bold prediction for this game? 
Mm, my bold prediction. My bold prediction is that we have over, let's not we, Aaron Rodgers mm. has over 300 and 25 passing yards all right that'll work because i believe he hasn't thrown for over 300 on the season so 325 uh-huh. is even better um Says i'm back to run the table <laughs> yes we're definitely Take running that the three percent chance would, into the playoffs god i wonder what i'd like to see the percent chances of us making the playoffs if we went out are you know just if that happens Dude, it's 97 i sent you the link no you but that's not what you said before you said if we even lose another game it's 97 yeah so sorry it's it's 90 there so if we if we it's 92 percent. if we lose at the dolphins if we win out it's 99 percent. and the only thing that has to happen for all that to be, for those numbers to be true, there is one other thing that has to happen. I I, I didn't understand this fully the first time. Mm-hmm. Is the Giants have to beat the Commanders this week? Mm. Okay, yeah, I guess. So that if the makes Giants, sense. if the Giants beat the Commanders this week, and then we go four and one with the one loss being the Dolphins, mm-hmm. we yep. are in the playoffs. Okay, well, right now we have the eighth overall pick in the NFL draft, so I guess we'll see. I still don't believe those numbers, but. Uh, we shall see. Um, my bold prediction for the game, I've talked about him a lot this year. Again, J.J. Anikbare, I have him getting two sacks and forcing a fumble. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be in there at quarterback, but I've liked what I've seen out of him, and I think he's going to have a big game. Um, we shall see. With that, Andrew, everyone's favorite part, if you could please leave a five-star review, that would be cool. Andrew, have you left a five-star review it's yet? It's my favorite part, too. Are you talking? Oh yeah! To, oh yeah! Are you talking to someone? Everyone, else? I no, I was saying it's my favorite part of the the oh. podcast as well. <laughs> okay, good save. Um, but no, I uh, I have left a review, and I've harassed every single person I know to also leave a review. So we're covered there. Perfect. So yeah, if you do that, uh, send us a little screen grab of your review or rating. Email it to us at pmppodcast at gmail or DM us on Twitter at pmppod, and we will send you a free koozie. I still need to send a couple out to uh, to Tennessee from. From our oh, buddies yeah. that we met in person. Some some fun fans out there for real. <laughs> yes. But uh, with that, Andrew, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? Nah, let's just see what this weekend brings. So I guess go Giants and go Pack. Yeah, go Giants, go Pack. And with that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. Them there. Uh, I'll cut this part out. Did you silence your phone? I did this time. I picked it up. Yeah. The second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just could you hear it? Yeah. Yes. I wanted. I thought it. I did, but apparently I silenced like the media. So if I like turn a video on, but not up. Yeah, it silenced. Gotcha. Okay. Let me pull this up. All right, you're still there. 
Oh, it's gone. Okay, I wish. Uh huh. Ah, good, good thought. Yeah. I had to wait for the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. Can I uh, Yes. Like have a recess here? Oh, a recess? Uh, yeah, I need like a minute. Uh, okay. My bladder is full. Oh, okay. All right. And I am back to continue the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the number one podcast in the state of our minds. <laughs> God. Okay. We're gonna play the clip. Uh, do you have it on your phone, Andrew? Yeah, you sent it to me. Yeah. Should I just watch it right now? Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play it right now, actually, too, just so. Because I want to hear it. Like I want to hear it fresh again before we start talking. So should I play it? I'm, I'm playing it right now. Oh yeah. What, what changes are you gonna? Not even going down that that road. Oh, here we go. Why don't you pause it? Because I can hear it better so on my phone. The last not pause, two weeks, like, you would call us wins. Well, yeah, you know, no your defense okay. failed against the pass against Tennessee and that in, in all aspects of this last game. Offensively, uh, are you going on to the... Um, yes, special teams time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> 